Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, and my patron peeps, uh, it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast you make possible, patrons. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and good night. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep we do is the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, changes in time or temperature, uh, routine, and... Um, what else? Uh, what, 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 try to take your mind off whatever's keeping you awake. Oh, it could be like anything physical coming up for you, anything you're thinking about, or anything you're experiencing emotionally, or any you know anything else that's not those things. Uh, sometimes a particularly well sleeping partner nearby. You know, I, I'm here to I say, well, that's not exactly the most sleepiest thing for me. Am I right or am I right? Uh, uh, elbow, elbow, elbow. Excuse me with your wonderful, sleeping, lovely face, so relaxed. Uh, you know, we're here trying to get to sleep, too. But actually, believe it or not, I'm really here to take your mind off of all that. What I'm going to do is to get this safe place, you know, where we can speak in, in somewhat of confidence. Uh, faux, you know, a faux man. It really is a safe place. Uh, but there are faux and imagined elements to it. I mean, just like Main Street, USA, am I right or am I right? It uh, feels cool. Also has faux elements. Nothing wrong with some faux elements. Uh, actually, faux elements, uh, th- that may be a new word we may have to repurpose because that is a sleep podcast word, faux, if, especially if it's one word, faux elements. So hopefully I'll remember that and we can come back to it uh also, I can hear elephants saying, are you, Scooch, are you going to talk about us? Because it's very similar. And I'd say, what do you call, what, what, like, what species is a pink elephant from that movie that I saw as a kid? And uh, when I was half asleep, and uh, were those faux elements? The pink flying ones or whatever. Oh, is that, are they in the Tim Burton movie? Because I, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, oh, get back to, okay, thanks to all the faux elements out there. Oh, wait a second, sir. I just get interrupted by a periodic table, too. I'm actually, believe it or not, periodic table. Are you a table? Like, are you a sum of, believe it or not, you are some of your, some of your farts. Sorry, I did not mean to say that. I don't know if you even have the ability. I guess just sulfur is on there. Isn't that an element? Uh, and probably a few other ones. Uh, is is holy mackerel said, and that would be on the faux element, the t- periodic table of faux elements, huh? But, but did you have a, a Robert's Rule point of order or something? Because, okay, well, I'll have to get back to you. Well, I know you wanted to talk to me about, uh, like, uh, the, uh, oh, you, so you're proposing that your periodic table, does it, would it be on one of those boxes below or to the side? Could we just add one more of those? Uh, like, uh, you know, we could have the faux elements, uh, they don't have to be in their proper thing. They could be, you know, they could, like, uh, maybe, I don't know, somewhere within viewing distance of helium. I'd like a view of helium 
and maybe a couple. Is pi? Well, here's another question: Is pi right on the phone? Could we put that on? That's not even a purposeful pun, but uh, we could put that on faux elements. Uh, cubic zirconia? No. Okay. Well, if you, I'll be back then. Sorry, new listeners. Uh, sorry about that. Usually, I stay on track. Uh, or actually, no, I don't. Usually, I, this is maybe the first time I've been interrupted by a periodic table. Oh, excuse me, the periodic table. You talk about a capital P. No wonder holy mackerel's not on you. It's above. It's used in the uh, the, the Yelp reviews of. No, no, I'm not looking to be have a contentious relationship with you. It's just I'm trying to. Okay, here maybe I can explain it to you then. Uh, periodic table is if you're a new listener. So sleep with me is a podcast. It's here to put you to sleep. I send my voice across the deep dark night. Use the lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones and uh, pointless meanders, and I go off topic, which you you've been a part of. Congratulations, you're officially part of the show. Uh, and so, so the whole idea of the podcast is to take your mind off stuff while you drift off. It's more a podcast to be here as you fall asleep than to put you to sleep. Uh, but what else did, did you, could you, might you know? Um, good questions. These are, these are good questions. I'm happy to field them. So, uh, okay. A couple of things to know coming into it. If you're new show sh- structurally starts off with business. That's how we keep it free. If you don't like the ads, uh, consider becoming a patron. Uh, that also helps keep the show free. Then there's an intro. Now, unlike a, a normal intro or an efficient intro, like in the periodic table, you say, well, this is the letters. This is what we're talking about. This is how many electrons and whatever mass you got. Or, you know, protons. I don't know. Uh, we're not that uh, efficient because the whole the intro is the beginning of the show, first 14 minutes or so, and it's to help to ease you into bed in bedtime. As you get ready for bed, as you're winding down, you know, I take my time trying to figure out how to explain the podcast, and naturally, as I'm explaining it, uh, things come up and pop into the studio Today we're lucky enough. Watch this, watch this, listeners. I'm going to try to do some r- r- late rapport building. Today we're lucky enough to be joined by not just a periodic table, but the periodic table of elements. Oh wow! Holy! I don't think I've ever seen anything more inform, inform informing, more useful, more uh, related to every all the things of life. Uh, I say, I look at myself and I wonder, I wow, wow, wonder what uh, parts of the periodic table exist in me. So impressive, uh, so familiar. I don't know, actually, and not to, to, to derail the, your, my complimenting of you, but is, like, is the periodic table cross-cultural? Because that would be important to me before I you know pump you up too much. Uh, because they say, well, I'm just operating from my viewpoint, my narrow cultural window. And I'm sure people will answer me. They say, well, actually, it is like, uh, or, well, it could be, you could be, you, I mean, the only reason I bring it up is because you could be even greater and more. Uh, and I'm sure you don't need to worry about the people that don't believe in that periodic table or whatever. Uh, 
and maybe that's what the 12 elements would be. Uh, but so glad, I'm glad you're here. That was the main thing. And that's what I always say to new listeners too. Uh, show starts off with a few minutes of business. And then tonight it's a GOT Game of Thrones themed episode. Now, if you don't watch the show, I just spoke to the editor, Carl, the legend. Carl said he's never, he's edited, he's edited almost all of our Game of Thrones episodes over the past, like, three years, four years. Uh, never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. So, Carl edits, edits the show and doesn't watch it. Uh, so, you don't need, really need to see the show. If you're worried about being spoiled, uh, I guess you could hold off a week or two, but you really, I don't think you will. And then uh, these shows are a little bit longer because it goes uh, episode recap, uh, stuff that came up that I, I investigated, uh, Tom and Impounce and Prayers to the Old Gods and the New. So these are pretty big episodes, uh, just like the Game of Thrones season. So they give you even more time to fall asleep. Uh, so that's a little bit about, uh, so it's a structure show. Then there's some thank yous at the end. There's business between the intro and the, um, episode. It's another way we keep the show going. And I think, so that's a structure show. Also, no pressure to listen, whether you got ears or you have, uh, some elemental ears and they are lovely. You know, I never wondered, uh, like elven ears and elemental ears, uh, Two different things, but they they make me think of one another. Oh, there's no such thing as elemental ears. Well, I'll add it to the table of the faux elements. Uh, uh, maybe we'll just call it. Maybe what, what what letters are open for elven ears? Uh, it could be an ele- faux element. Uh, it could be. Could we also have a metaphorical? Like, could that be part of the the periodic table of faux elements? Uh, like a meta, like you see, well, these are metallic ones. These are metaphorical ones. Uh, what would a metallic faux element be? I'd have to look through the Crayola crayons to, to decide. I think maybe uh, uh, dragons, golden dragon scales, maybe. Uh, sparkly chameleon. Those would be two metallic faux elements. Uh, platinum bronze uh, you see, no that's two different elements no no then and not in this case uh and, oh uh anyway sorry i gotta get back to the listeners uh, so if you're new including periodic tables and all the little elements who may be listening along uh, with their periodic table hi yo hi good to see you i don't know what ga stands for but in my book it stands for great or GR, or any of the, right, uh, I don't know, barium. I'd like to have it every day. Okay, that joke didn't, I think it does kind of work. Uh, I mean, here at the Bow uh, Elements table, we're putting the pie in pie right, and we're putting the we're putting the pie right, we're putting, you know what I'm saying, right? Uh, I'm pandering to the, 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 the like, uh, elements, and they're cracking up. But so if you're here, like structurally, that's what to expect. You, this is a podcast you don't need to listen to. Definitely don't take it seriously because it doesn't make any sense. doesn't really go anywhere. It's just here to keep you company as you drift off. And oh, what else? You don't need to listen. Oh, no pressure to fall asleep. These shows are over, well over an hour. And I'm here the whole time to keep you company. So you drift off when you can. If you can't, I'll be here. If you wake up like two hours from now, I'll be here too. And you can queue up in multiple episodes if you need it. Uh, 
I'm here to help. I'm here to keep you company as you drift off to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar cuz, uh, you're, you're like, uh, you're familiar, you know, you're elemental familiar. If you don't mind me getting too, too, uh, is it, you know, I, mean, I may not be familiar with elements, but I'm an elemental familiar. I think that's like, uh, yeah. And, uh, I'm as friendly. There could be a song like friendly as the fall elements. Uh, here's something, you know, they used to have, uh, what were those things called? Uh, not the pound, not the puppies. Uh, what were the, oh, care bears, uh, couldn't we have a show full elements, uh, or what, could they be like an opening band for if Care Bears go on tour? Could it be a Care Bears tour opening act at the full elements? Okay, I get it. So I'm glad you're here. If you're new, here's the thing almost every reviewer says it took two or three tries to get the idea that this podcast is out there. So give it a two or three tries. I'm just here to help, like, really no pressure on your end to like me or the show. I just hope it helps you fall asleep, but it does not work for everybody. I hope it works for you. If you're looking for other options or you strongly dislike the show, uh, go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. That has other, you know, other not elements now. Oh, you silly elements. So uh, that's it, though. I'm here to help. I really work hard and I strive. I appreciate you checking this show out and I want to help you fall asleep. Uh, Thanks again for coming by. Here's a couple of ways we keep the show uh, going. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, like, uh, they're talking season three, season eight, episode three of a uh, game of Thrones, um, kind of, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about, uh, so this is one of, I mean, the music, I mean, this episode, like, uh, there's, I don't think there's any way not to get spoiled for me to even talk about it at all. Uh, but I did feel spoiled in the sense that this was really an amazing, I've watched episode three times, it's playing again here. And it was really one of the more amazing experiences I've ever had. Uh, the first time watching it was really, uh, it was just a, like a great uh, hour and a half or hour and 20 minutes of TV movies, whatever you want to call it. So let's see. Um, open, no last time. So, like, so, the, oh, there was no last time, on, like, previously on the Game of Thrones or whatever. Uh, it just opens after some HBO cross promos. And then um, it was very uh, similar. The first, this was the first opening I was paying attention to, to the sky initially. So we go through my notes here. Because they put the sky, I just noticed the sky opening's really nice. Uh, you can see the sky through the wall. Is that a mountain or a giant moon? And then I put, wow, W-O-W, no, it is curved. Uh, and I realized that there was no sky at all. It was a curvature, like, uh, of the Earth. Instead of being a globe, it's uh, inside of a sphere we're going through. And, yeah, this was the first time I was noticing it. Uh, arriving, not what, it, okay, is this what I expected? Uh, is this about the episode? Okay, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so, uh, was in, so the, this episode was called the, the Long Night. You know, when it started, I didn't know what it was going to be called because uh, it didn't have a name when I watched it the first time. And I thought it was funny, like, this last episode was called The Night of the Seven Kingdoms with a K, and now it's The Long Night. Uh, 
And I don't know if Weiss and Benioff, they, I mean, it seems like they do that with uh, similar titles sometimes or playing with the titles. I don't know if that's one of the, they like to do that or what, but I, I, I do. I, I mean, I like doing that. Uh, so I appreciate it. This was so much more than I expected. It wasn't what I expected, though there were things I did expect. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure if you watched the episode or you heard about it or you're going to watch it, you probably have a lot. You say, how's Scoots? What's Scoots going to talk about? And, you know, before it came out, I said, what am I going to talk about? And then as I watched it, I was like, okay, I guess I could do a five minute episode of sleep with me. Uh, but then I was thinking, like, wasn't like something like, you know, how I do those tale of the tape episodes. There was something in the back of my mind that was familiar as even though everything, you know, voice, the, the music, holy cow, the music, the sound design, the acting, the directing, the misdirection, the writing, it was all there. But there was just something in the back of my mind where I was like, wait a second, uh, what about this is so familiar? And I really got lucky as far as recording this episode because I realized that, uh, I said, wait a second, this is it. Uh, and I said, the long, is it a long night? And I said, no, no, that's, that was what they probably said, uh, a tall night. That was what Brianne's episode could have been called. Hardy har har. But I said, uh, no, the long night. And then I said, oh, wait a second. There was like, so in the eighties, there was this small genre of film, it was a ski comedy. And it was the glory days of skiing before snowboarding made skiing and snowboarding super popular. And it was considered like, a, I don't know, it was just as it was like, a, you say, what, what, what about taking that comedy that was about summer camp? And we, we, we can't come up with any new ideas. So let's just put that in the mountains and we'll call it something else. And they said, great. And there was this one great uh, 80s ski comedy called uh, Snowdown, The Long Night. Uh, and again, it was direct-to-video. Nobody's probably heard of it because it like uh, I can't find anything else about it. I think it got uh, taken, yeah, I don't know. Just, just, it was, so I, but I remember the movie. I must have watched it 85, 90 times. Though somehow on the first watch of this episode, I didn't remember it, but I said, okay, this works because I could just go through what I remember from the plot of the 80s comedy movie, Snowdown, The Long Night. And Snowdown 1 was originally, so Snowdown, The Long Night was actually Snowdown 2. It was about two different competing ski resorts, uh, one called Winterfell. I don't know how I forgot that either. And the other one, uh, now this was in the 80s, it has nothing to do with present day, but it was called Vale. Like it was in, it took place in Colorado. Or no, Aspen. I don't know. A- no, no, it was Aspen. I'm sorry. I get, I get every, I get all this mixed up. So it was Aspen. I don't know if Vale and Aspen. Uh, okay, no, it was Aspen. I don't know why I get that mixed up. Probably some, I've never been to, I've never been skiing in Colorado, believe it or not, one day or snowboarding. Uh, but in uh, uh, Snowdown 1, it was, just, it was called The Snowdown. It was about these two competing ski resorts, the family-run northern resort, Winterfell, and then Aspen, which was getting uh, run by. Uh, it was run it was like a haven for the rich uh, and famous. And they wanted to build a run, you know, landing. They wanted to take Winterfell, plow the mountain, and build a runway for private jets to land. 
And the, that was a big, the big movie was about how, uh, Rob, who was, uh, the, the family, the star of the Winterfell family, Starks, uh, family run resort and went up and get raced, uh, or was it Benjen? I don't know, but so, or was it Ned? I don't know. One of the Starks, older Starks was in a race for the rights to Winterfell. You know, because they get suckered. You know, so the Vale, the Aspen people, they suckered them somehow. And the Aspen was a family, like in of like you know Aspen, you know, like uh, I don't know. We'll get into it because uh, it's in this movie too. But that, that's just basically like the attempt to do this, this, this plot of Snowdown One. It was a uh, Winterfell was uh, saved, you know, but they weren't ready to let it go. They still, they said, wait a second. Uh, and then, believe it or not, the Aspens in between the first movie and the second movie learned not only could they have that, that okay, because of uh, the way things changed, they said, oh, we're not going to be able to expand only if we buy the existing uh, resorts because they, they say we can't build anything new now because there's new regs. And so they found out Winterfell was worth its weight in gold. And they were going to take over Winterfell. Uh, and again, much like a lot of these 80s movies, they said, uh, well, first there was hand wringing going on. That's the first how the movie opens. And we see Sam, who who was like uh, one of the, the like one of the kids went away to school at, at Wall Academy. And this was one of his best friends. That was John, John Snow. Uh, this was his best friend, Sam, one of, you know, book smart, uh, but not street smart. And Sam is just wringing his hands because this is it. This is the uh, snowdown, but like in the Olympic edition, because this was around like one of the Olympics. So they're going to have all these competitions uh, to see who the, for the rights again to Winterfell or to, to, to Aspen, like, so this one, like, uh, the winter, Winterfell would win Aspen or Aspen would win Winterfell. And there was a four games scheduled, but the movie, the movie reveals them in, in stages. Uh, the first one is a, just a snow, like snowdown, which is kind of like a snowball, snowball, snow fort fight, uh, in perpet until one team just gives up. So it's like a snowball fight till one team gets uh, gives up. They say, well, I want to go inside and, and get warm or whatever. And so we're in Winterfell, you know, they, they're, you know, they don't have like the corporate money, the investors. So they're all getting ready and Sam's hand wringing and he gets handed one of those trowels cause he's supposed to be shaping snow for the snow fort or shaping snowballs. And we start to go through scenes of everybody getting ready because they're getting their snow fort ready, making sure their snowballs are ready. Uh, we see that the younger siblings, like the little kids, they have to go into because this is like, you know, you say, well, it's for fun, but it's also for the family business. Uh, so all the younger kids are going to go in and have hot cocoa. Now, not young Liana Mormon. She says, no, 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 I'm staying, uh, you know, I want this. uh She's, you know, she's, she's cool. She's tough. We see Tyrion, who once worked for, for a family that had a ski resort in the South. Uh, but, you know, you know the whole, like, I don't know, you haven't seen the movie. It's very similar to Game of Thrones, though. Uh, he found out he was banned from the games because he's too smart. Like the, the Aspen said, that Tyrion's too smart, can't participate. 
they said because of a technicality that he was once married to Sansa and also a member of the family that owns another resort. We start to see all the forts. All the kids are getting ready to go. Tyrion grabs his stuff. We see Bran, the youngest Stark, and the Ironborn. Uh, and Theon, and uh, w- this is a second game. Uh, this is also, so either one of these two games, if you win it, you win the whole competition. There's just a couple sub-games that, I don't know, you know, they're just in there to fill the plot out, but uh, this one, so Bran's the youngest uh, Stark, and then somehow the Aspens got to pick the rules, so the oldest Aspen and the youngest Stark, uh, if one of them it gets hit by a snowball. The other team wins. So kind of like, uh, like capture the flag or something like that. Like, uh, but in this case, you just have to hit brand with a snowball or the older, the older, uh, Aspen, uh, who calls himself the Aspen King. He, uh, the King of Aspen, all those things. He's the greatest skier, you know, all, all you know, in, in all of Colorado. So, where was they? So we see Bran and Theon getting ready. That's just another rule thing. Everybody's getting ready. We see Davos. He were you know, he was like running the the kitchen. He's the onion knight, they call him. We see Sansa and Arya, two of the Stark kids. Uh uh Sansa's got side eyes going. Uh, two of those uh something snowballs. Oh, two hounds. We see two hounds. What are those hounds called? The ones, uh, Benjamin hounds? What are those? Whatever those are called. Uh, two of the biggest ones, the, the dogs that, uh, they carry the, the, the cask on around their neck. Uh, so we see two of them. Uh, we see snowball launchers. Uh, uh, then the Dothraki kids that, uh, they, they joined up with the Starks. They said, because, you know, you'll get, we'll, some of this you could figure out, but they were going to work with the Starks. They're on bikes and they're winterized bikes with, uh, with skis. Then we see Podbran, uh, Jamie, uh, Grey Worm. Grey Worm's got the, the uh, Unsullied Dance crew. Uh, Tormund, what does that say? The Hound, Tormund, Elberic, the Hound, Gendry. We see Ed. Sam shows up late for the snowball, you know, the kickoff for the snowdown. And they're waiting for the Aspen kids and their crew to show up. It's quiet, uh, quiet as winter's night. Uh, Jorah's there with one of the, the, the Stark's loyal, loyal dog, uh, uh, Wolfie Poo. Uh, then the red, this woman they call her the Red Woman. She lives on like the the uh, the one street, the cul-de-sac. Uh, she shows up, and everybody's kind of dismissed her in the first movie, except for a couple people who are nice to her. That's why she shows up. Now, and we see the winter romance, uh, John and the Khaleesi. And there's some tension between them. Now, the Khaleesi's a character very much like uh, the Olivia Newton-John's character in, uh, what's that movie called? Grease. She showed up, and she's a, this great skier from Europe. Uh, she threw everything off. Everybody had a crush on her. Everyone wanted to date her. Uh, John finally did find, I mean, finds out he's, she's his aunt. But that was like, because they said, uh, 
because of like one of the, like he went to the library and said, Hey, let me check my family tree. And they said, Oh, did you know that Khaleesi, the, that super great skier that's so popular, she's on your family tree. So that's a little tension between the two of them. And they have those hounds. Uh, they're going to ride them in a hound race. Uh, what are those called? I forget what they're called. I want to call them Benjamin hounds, but I know they have a name that I just can't remember. Uh, Davos sees a red woman. She gave him, a, I think he delivered some to her house once, and she tipped him five cents on like an $80 food pizza order. So he's never been happy about that. Uh, but she goes up to a Jorah. Now, Sir Jorah, he's a he's like one of these super experienced old school skiers. He, but he also had a crush on Khaleesi. Yeah, uh, but now he's leading. Like he's trying to help. And the uh, Red Woman says, "I have all these super soakers with warm water in them, and it's a perpetual warm water machine, battery operated. All the batteries are charged. I have them for all the Dothraki kids." And he says, for what? And she says, to melt their snowballs and the others. And he says, holy cow, that just might work. And first, Jor doesn't buy it. But, you know, he comes around. Uh, she gives them all out. She also has a glow sticks. Uh, she says, it's dark out. You know, you can't be riding your bikes. Uh, she says, these are great glow sticks. Uh, so then everybody's pumped up. They go, we can just melt their snowballs and avoid this whole thing. Uh, send the dance racky out, beat the rich kids uh, from Aspen, and it'll be done. And the red woman says, a gray worm, Valor Magulis. Uh, he says, Valor Doharis. Uh, one Onion Knight doesn't like it still. He says, you can't tip five cents on an $80 order. And she says, don't worry. He said that to her. And she says, don't worry, I'm leaving town tomorrow. And he goes, okay, whatever. Arya also has something, history with the Red Woman, but not related to food delivery. Lots of the Drathraki kids, they oh, they also start ringing their bike bells to, to really, like, really gives cheer to everybody. And then they ha- head out, and they actually coordinate because uh, they, they do, like, this glow stick dove shape on their bikes. And they, they launch the snow catapults in front of them. And it's this cool bike squad, uh, you know, and they're going to melt the things. You see all the glow sticks, uh, and they head out, they're ringing their bells. Uh, and then it becomes a little bit more intense because you say you, they can't see uh, where all the Aspen kids are, how many kids Aspens have, have gotten to help them. Uh, because we're in a, in a snowdown, there's really not that many rules, uh, and then all the bike, you don't, then all the glow sticks go out, all the bike bells stop ringing. A couple of bikes roll back on their own. And we find out that the Dothraki, uh, they, uh, it didn't, like, they didn't get rid of any snowballs. And some of them got snowed the, themselves. Uh, uh, John wanted a board brand Khaleesi. But John said John and Khaleesi are supposed to be in this race with the two uh, dogs riding the dogs. They're huge dogs. Don't worry, these are rideable dogs. And then the the Khaleesi says, "No, no, no. We got a." Uh, she goes, "This dog race is a distraction." And he John goes, "Yeah, we got to protect Bran from getting snowballed." 
And she goes, no, no, we got to get into the snowdown. We got to go to the snowdown where all the rest of the team is. So Doss Bracky was with my team. And I convinced them. And so let's see, Gray Worm's ready. Everybody's ready. Uh, the kids from Aspen, they have kids of, uh, I don't know, they have tons of kids. I guess the kids from Aspen show up now, and they, they're throwing snowballs like uh, you've never seen it before. And again, there is one rule. Only throw a snowball, you'd be, you'd be uh, okay with catching on your end. So that is one rule. So that makes sure everybody feels comfortable saying, within the rules. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of snowballing. They have tons of hived help. Oh, hired help. Yeah. They say there's not that many kids in Aspen and they say, Oh no, uh, we hired help from out of town. Tons of it. Uh, we see Jamie, uh, Brian have some, Jamie and Brian have some close calls. Because really, it's about just staying as dry as you can. Because you don't want to get hit with too many and be wet. Then you get cold. So that's kind of secret. Is get it? You just don't want to get wet and cold. Uh, so Khaleesi sign, sign, signs up with John with them. Oh, okay. So the Khaleesi didn't tell John this, but her oh her dogs the dogs are Khaleesi's dogs. They sneeze a lot. So they start riding among the Aspen kids, sneezing and slobbering, which does get, get gross some uh, Aspen kids out, especially the rich ones, and they head home. Again, amazing music. Uh, but then John sees something that catches his eye. First, I didn't know what it was, but then the third time I figured it out. It was uh, the main Aspen kids, the the ones that are going to inherit the ski, you know, the, that uh, aspire to be like their parents running the show. I don't know how their parents entered into this business proposal anyway. Maybe they inherited it between the two movies. Because uh, the the, uh, the Starks, they own the ski resort. Uh, so I guess maybe the Aspen kids do too. I know two of them were Jake and Jacob, uh, but I don't know the rest of their names. Uh, and uh, then their dad, oh, so then John heads his dog towards them. But they're rich, right? And I guess, like, maybe this was, like, the last thing their dad did for them was buy them uh, snow machines. Uh, and talk about throwing off a snowball flight is uh, having giant professional snow machines. So John, kind of like a sucker, flies right into the snow machine and gets lost. And then so does Khaleesi. Now, Aria, she's one of the sharks. Uh, she says to her sister, Sansa, she goes, why don't you, she goes, I just got something in my gut that tells me you need to go where all the little kids are and all the grandparents having hot cocoa. Go back there and keep an eye on things. And Sansa says, shouldn't I stay here? She goes, no, no, no. These Aspen kids are no good. Uh, they're cheaters. Uh, that's what Sansa says. Or, I mean, Aria and so Sansa says, okay, I'll do it. Uh, Snow Machine makes a huge mess. Then we see uh, Theon Bran and the Ironborn. And they're ready to keep Bran from getting hit by a snowball. They have lots of snowballs. Uh, oh, then there's a thing called snow washing. I don't want to get into it, but Sam gets snow washed. Ed tries to help him because uh, get, get back up and then ed gets cold and wet and ed says i'm cold and wet i'm going home just get warm 
Uh, Sansa goes back into the house. Uh, this is an old farmhouse uh, out on the estate. Uh, well, it's not really estate. It's just a, you know, it's just the, the edge of the ski property where the, the Starks all live. Uh, she goes in there, but, and everyone's concerned, of course. Uh, they say, how's it going? We don't, this is like our property. We don't want to lose it to the Aspens. And then she says, we don't want to lose... Uh, our town. Oh, yeah. Then we see Masande. Uh, it gives uh, Sansa a weird look. Because uh, kind of like, shouldn't you be out there helping? Why are you down here? I think that's what it looks at. I couldn't read it. Uh, everyone read her face. Uh, things. Oh, everyone could read her face. Uh, Sansa's face. That uh, things aren't going so hot. So Tyrion, I think he's of age, but he drinks some wine. Uh, John's so lost in the snow machine show, he, uh, him and his dog bump into Khaleesi's and her dog. Yeah, then Tormund says, we got to fall back to our snow fort. At this point, they're in front of the snow fort. It was really a snow castle, you know, built around the Winterfell Lodge and everything. So he says, fall back to the snow forts. Rianne says, fall back to the snow forts. Uh, uh, Liana, Liana, Mr. Mormon, she says, open the gates, uh, which they made from like an old door, a uh, gray worm and his dance crew. They try to, um, ha- keep everybody from getting hit by snowballs while they go into the fort, uh, like shields kind of, uh, uh then John and Khaleesi, they get, they lose one another in the snow, snow bank or snowstorm. Uh, Brian, Brian wants John checks on, I think this means, I don't know what that says, but, uh, uh, Jamie and Brian help one another. There's so many Aspen kids. There's some great music too. Uh, but just too many, uh, uh, Aspen kids, uh, Aria, uh, oh, she throws a snowball at somebody chasing the hound with like a giant snow snow like a shovel full of snow then the unsullied try to fall back uh, uh fall back they say but the unsullied stay behind most of them stay behind to protect because uh, they say if the kids just ran into the snow fort there's so many aspen kids uh they could just take all the snowballs and i mean these kids have like gore-tex on so it's not like they're getting cold anytime soon Khaleesi's nowhere like treks a key ring part of the plan oh so then they say they had this other plan which was to uh uh like to to, to light all this warm like these hand warming stations uh, so everybody could get warm but Khaleesi's the only one she's old enough that she could uh she was like in charge the adults said okay you could turn on all of the because uh, there's propane you could turn on all the propane hand warming stations and all the other people, they try to do it, but they don't, you know, they're, they're, they're just kids. They don't even know how to turn on a hand warming, you know, like a restaurant warmer. Yeah, Grey Worm's out of breath. Uh, I noticed that. Red Woman shows up. Now, she's an adult. Uh, and they say, wait a second. And she says, yeah, I can turn on propane. I'm an adult. Uh, yeah, but then there's so many snowballs. The Unsullied and Grey Worm have to escort her there. And after she builds that up, she can't get the, the igniter to work. Uh, and it takes her a bunch of tries. Oh, it's going to count how many tries. Let me see. 
and it would take a minute. But yeah, I mean, can you believe how closely this movie uh, matches? I said, wait a second, is this like a shot for shot remake of an 80s uh, ski comedy? Uh, but it, I really think, I guess it, I mean, I guess that's how it works out, huh? Okay, there's John lost in the snow. Felice, fall back, open the door. So here she goes. Let's see. So she's walking up. She's about to press the button. And she puts her hand on the button. And uh, she presses it once, uh, twice, three times. Uh, I can't get, I guess you can't do it. The closed captioning is not really good. So I guess, I don't know, four or five, six times. And finally, on the last one, right when they need to, their hands warmed. Because it's really snowing now. I don't know if it's natural, a snow machine. But she gets it lit. Uh, and then everyone gets in, gets their hands warmed and catches their breath uh, because you, they say, okay, these uh, the the Winterfell kids are getting warm. The Aspen kids are like, what should we do? We need to get told what to do by the uh, rich Aspen kids because we're the hired uh, the goon squad or whatever. Uh, let's see, Hound, Barrick. The Hound says, this is enough for me, man. I don't know about this whole thing. Why am I helping... He goes, even if you own a family-sized ski resort, you're rich. Why am I just, what, what am I doing? Uh, Sanchez with their grandparents. Uncle Varys is down there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tyrion wishes he could be up there. He can't believe he got banned from the thing. Sanchez says, there's nothing you can do. Or I. She says, witty remarks won't make a difference. Uh, the truth. Uh, must uh, so she says this uh, the most heroic thing we can do is look the truth in the face. Uh, I thought that was great. Uh, she was talking about the economics because she's like, uh, she's like, kind of, uh, it's kind of a bummer. She's like, the, she kind of agrees with the hound. She's like, these economics, uh, even our ski resort, uh, and she goes, you know, everybody says buzzkill. Uh, we should have stayed. Oh, then they talk about, you know, maybe we should have stayed dating because those two had dated uh, or maybe even been married. Uh, and Sansa, you know, Sansa, she's just a kid. She says, well, it wouldn't have worked out because I know you have a thing for the ice queen, Khaleesi. And she forgets her best BFFs right, standing right there. And Masande, Masande says, WTF, yo. And they say, oh, snap. That was more of the look of Sansa's face said, oh, snap. Uh, then Theon looked exactly like Link from, uh, uh, what do you call it? I'm not kidding. I don't know what the time is. Uh, actually, should be coming up here, but he looks exactly like Link from Le- Legend of Zelda. Cool. Very cool. He apologizes to Bran. And Bran says, buddy, you're here with your crew, your family. Uh, and then Bran says, you know, I got to go. I'm going to go into my, like, uh, channeling in the bird zone. I don't know what his birds did. So maybe this, uh, like, maybe they pooped on the other kids. I don't know. I don't know if this has to do with the next episode or the uh, another one. And then we see the oldest, King Aspen on his giant, he's got his giant dog. He's trying to uh, race. He says to the kids, because uh, the walls of the snow forest are very high. And he says, you want to get over those walls of the snow fort, a human pyramid, yo. He goes, a hand warming. 
He goes, just to make a human pyramids and climb over the walls and throw snowballs. What am I dad paying you for? And they say, okay, right away. Uh, okay, here's where Theon looks like a link, just in case you want to see it. It's like at uh, 33, oh, 33.45, he's standing there just like straight out of Legend of Zelda. Uh, very cool. Uh, and they did a great job with Theon in this episode. It's so good. So they do, within the Aspen crew, they do a human pyramid. They start to get over the walls. Uh, why did you not do that earlier? I don't know what that means. Uh, then John chooses, uh, John, oh, John chases, then the oldest Aspen says, what if we have a dog race uh, to see who wins it all? Really just a distraction. And then the pyramids really start to work. Uh, so then Snowdown, it goes on, like, uh, Snowdown's on, like, uh, and there's snowballs flying. We see Jamie and Brianne, Sam, uh, dealing with Aspen kids. They were inside the yard. So they're inside the snow fort, in the yard of the Stark house. And, uh, you know, the, the lodge and, the, you know, where the Stark kids live. Uh, the hound's taking a break. Arya does this, like, uh, snowball ballet, you know, she's learned. Uh, Bravosi and snowball ball ballet. Uh, Brienne. Oh, Barrick, he looks, he's watch. Davos watches on. Barrick tries to help. Uh, uh, Arya's, you know, she's kind of got too many Aspen kids. Uh then a seven-foot kid, like a linebacker, like seven-foot, like Shaquille O'Neal-sized, uh, rolls into the yard uh, and, uh, like, starts just throwing snow on everybody. Arya's outnumbered. Barrick says, yo, Hound, what's up? Uh, let's help Arya. If you don't want to help, uh, you know, the ski industrial complex. And he says it's called the Winter Industrial Complex. And he goes, you can't let them snow Aria. He goes, tell her that. You don't believe in friendship. Uh, then Leanne, Liana Mormon, uh, she takes out this. She, they both her, they, they do a double snow wash. Uh, Liana and the seven-footer, they both get cold. And they're both done, like, throwing snowballs. Uh, they want to be warm. John chases uh, the uh, King Aspen. Khaleesi chases. They get lost. Uh, oh, then the topic. King Aspen shows up. Oh, this is a racing or the dog racing thing. But he's not playing fair anyway. Kind of like uh, pod racing in that Star Wars movie or something. Yeah, so that game's called out. Then uh, some kids call out this hide-and-seek game. Uh, and they say, Aria, like, if if you hide and we, like, it's a reverse hide and seek because it's like all these Aspen kids. And they say, Aria, if you hide and we can't find you, we'll give your family the deed to both places. But Aria didn't know how many Aspen kids were hired. So there's like tons of them. Uh, so it's like, how are you going to hide from like a hundred seekers? So she tries to hide. She finds a good spot, but she actually has this runny nose uh, and she sneezes. And uh, then it's like, what's going to happen? Then what does this say? Surf Flurpa to OK Book Theon. 
That's what my note says. She sneezes, surf blurp, okay, book the on. So that happened. I don't remember that. Uh, a trick tries to snarl out of the barn. I don't know. I think she really did some cool move. Uh, oh, yeah, she she does some move, and she tries to sneak out from where all the sneak seekers are looking. Yeah, but then the kids kind of, then she realizes how many Aspen kids there are, so she just runs because they have to still tag her. So it's kind of hide-and-seek, but, you know, you still have to tag the person. And she agreed to it, I guess. So, so it is, like, legally binding if they catch her. Yeah, back in the Stark Yard, everyone is working. What is happening? You know, there's lots of snow. There's snowballs to everywhere. And then all of a sudden, the snowballs where the kids are and the grandparents, the snowballs are hitting the, oh, yeah, downstairs. Uh, all their windows. Yeah, Hound and Barrick, they try to help Arya get away so she doesn't get tagged. Uh, yeah, the hound actually carries her, so they run faster. Barrett stays behind to slow down the seekers. Uh, he gets snow, a lot of snow on him, but he's still kind of trying to keep warm. You'd think there'd be more. I guess there was so much skiing in the first movie. That's why there's no skiing in this movie. This is also just the climax of the movie. Okay, so they try to, um, where was I? Barrick, uh, Okay, so then, oh, so then they get into an outhouse and nobody sees. It's covered in snow, and they close the door, and they say it's got a secret exit. Uh, and Barrick says, "You know what? I'm cold. I'm, I'm stopping playing." And then the red woman's there, and she says, "Now his purpose has been served." Uh, and she, uh, Arya says, "I know you," and she goes, "And I know you." And she says, you said we'd meet again. And the red woman says, and here we are. She goes, this is the end of one of the ski resorts. Uh, and Arya says, you just said I'd lot of snow, lots of eyes. And she goes, brown eyes, green eyes, and blue eyes, yo. And Arya goes, blue eyes. That makes me think of A-S-P-E-N. And she goes, get to work. Uh, and she goes, by the way, what do we say to Aspen? And Ari says, not today. And so Ari is out. Uh, and we see Theon and Bran uh, waiting. And Theon says, here comes the snowballs. Make every throw count. Uh, we see John and the Aspen King right racing on dogs. He's giant. Uh, I almost thought of the name of it. It's not Benjamin Hound, though. I know that. And John actually, uh, first the Aspen kid falls off his dog, so he can't technically win this race. Uh, John falls off of his, uh, still big snowbills. Uh, I don't know what that means, uh, but Jora, Jora hears the dog, Khaleesi's dog calling. And Khaleesi actually super soaks the Aspen King. Yeah, with, with super soaker, not with warm water. And she's like, that should end it all. Like, uh, she didn't snowball him. And technically, she's not a star. I guess she is a technical. I don't know. But so she uses water and says snow. And she's like, well, he'll quit, you know, because he's going to be wet. And then it find, then John's trying to catch up. Uh, and she's like, how come he didn't give up? He shows that he has a full wetsuit on underneath his clothes. 
Yeah, so he'll never be cold. Yeah, let's see. And he just, like, smiles. Uh, John chases after him. And he stops and kind of, like, turns his ear a little bit. Like, he's listening to something. Then he turns around because John was trying to sneak up behind him. And he, John goes, I'm going to catch you. And he goes, uh, my dad just hired a bunch of your friends for help. Uh, he goes, he pays quadruple. And John goes, no way. And he goes, yeah, all your friends, most of your friends, they work for my family now, including Ed. And then they start throwing snowballs at John, John's friends, uh, newly hired. Then we see Pod, Tormin. Uh, oh, when they, when they turn, they wear blue contacts. Uh, so Ed has blue contacts on. Not Pod or Tormin, though. They're still fighting for the Starks. Uh, uh, then you see the whole Aspen crew, uh, the actual, like, uh, full entitlement dudes. And they are walking in. Then we're back at home, like down, like where the hot cocoa and the kids are. Yeah, we're bouncing around here by a bit. Then we see Theon and Bran. Theon's still like uh, keeping Bran from getting snowed. Yeah, Khaleesi uses her super soaker. She she uses her super soaker against John's former friends that now work for the Aspens. Yeah. Somebody says, Bar- oh, Barrick or Brienne, or somebody says, go. Oh, Khaleesi says to John, oh, John says, Bran. And Khaleesi says, go get him, hero. And then Jorah stays and helps the Khaleesi. Uh, but the Aspen, they, they uh, uh, her dog has to run away, basically. Uh, oh, that's when Jorah shows up. Also, some way it starts rain like the song "Raining Men" is playing. Uh, John does not even. Oh, John doesn't even. He's in such a hurry to help Bran, he doesn't even stop for Sam. He's in full hero mode. Uh, we get a taste of Super Theon again. Uh, Bran's is still out there looking outer space, man. Uh, they rise in Winterfell. Oh, also, they're giving out Red Bulls. The Aspens, uh, not only do they hire all of John's friends, they give them all Red Bulls, so they're all, like, pumped up. Uh, Aspen and the new Ravioli King, Aspen walks off. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, Aspen and the new Rautic Queen, King. Uh, great music. Uh, we see all the Aspens together. There was like 11. I don't know if that counts the King Aspen, though. So there may be 12. Uh, uh, then we're downstairs with the hot cocoa and the grandparents, the great-grandparents. Uh, and we start seeing that not only are these Aspen kids throwing snowballs, they have eggs in them. So they're like egging the house with snowballs. And then they, oh, wait, then Super Jorah, Khaleesi, uh, something, Tyrion and Sansa are sneaking around trying to avoid getting egged. Oh, then younger Aspen kids and older, like, Aspen great-grandparents are in the house, the Stark's house, with yellow snowballs. I mean, talk about violating all decency. So there's there's grandparents throwing yellow snowballs at grandparents uh, watching over the little kids, uh, and Arya and Tyrion obviously can't stand stand for that. So they're going to try to put a stop to it. Not in this house, they say. 
then John realizes he wants to tame King Aspen's dog, who's running around without a leash and going to the bathroom everywhere. So John in the do- John's like, you can't just let this dog go to the bathroom all over our property. So he's trying to catch a blue flame. That's the name of uh, the Aspen King's dog. Oh, there's piano playing. Is Jorah like fully? So Jorah was always had a crush on Khaleesi. Khaleesi's like, I just want to be friends. Uh, but he goes like uh, full redemption mode. She was like, you know, why can't we just be friends? Why do you got to uh, try to make it more than that? It's just like a Mormon, she says. Uh, that was in the first movie. Then John's running, but, you know, he's trying to catch the, the blue flame dog and, and put a leash on that dog. Theon and his uh, Ironborn friends, they do a great job at keeping Bran from getting any snow on him. And then we get a shot of the slow-walking Aspen kids. Uh, then Jorah uh, uh, keeping the Khaleesi from getting snowed. Uh, we see how hard, like, even though they weren't uh, central to the episode, Jamie, Pod, Brienne, Sam are working so hard. You know, no one wants to lose this ski resort, this particularly to the Aspens. Uh, and there's more slow-walking Aspens. Uh, yeah, then we see Bran and the 11 to 12 Aspens. Uh, uh, and then Theon's there. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. There's one of me and 11 to 12 rich uh, entitled Aspens. Uh, and uh, Bran says, don't be an ass. You know, don't be an ass, says Theon. No, he says, Theon, you're a good man. And then the second rewatch, I mean, the first one, there was tears at this, but it, I had goosebumps uh, on the second watch. And he says, you're a good man. Thank you. Like, uh, you kept me snow free. Why don't you, like, and he says, well, I'll see what I could do. And so King Aspen steps up. Uh, him and Theon have a snowdown. But Theon gets iced like tea, man. Uh, he's ice cold. And Brand kind of stares like a yes, a stare, like bring it, uh, uh, like the raven is ready. Because uh, King Aspen's like, I'm going to snow you. I'm going to win your family's ski resort. We'll have total ski resort dominance. You guys, it will give, he goes, I'll give you the outhouse. Uh, maybe you could ski down the mountain on it. Uh, John, John's still trying to collar the dog, getting covered in slobber. Which, you know, you don't want to get covered in slobber when it's cold outside. Jorah gets uh, covered in snow. He doesn't have a snowsuit on. Uh, but he's keeping the Khaleesi from getting cold. Because she actually doesn't have, like, a good wicking on. Uh, the hand of the... Oh, then there's, like, this close-up of the hand of the the Aspen kid. King Aspen doing the slow walk. Uh, Ian Branch just waiting there. The music's unbelievable. Uh, John's trying to get to catch the dog still. Uh, there's building music, uh, more slow walking King Aspen because he's just a heartthrob too. Kind of like he's like the Val Kilmer in the Top Gun, Iceman. I think it's probably the same movie. I mean, same. maybe it was Val Kilmer played it in this movie because it was the 80s. Uh, Brand does not even look at him until he gets closer. Then Brand looks up. Uh, he locks eyes with the with King Aspen. He's got these perfect blue eyes. They lock eyes with one another. Music is still building. 
And Aspen kind of turns his head, like almost like something's not right here. Uh, I think it was more that Bran was not worried because Bran, like, totally. I mean, Bran's like, dude, I've been chilling since I became Strad Raven. Chill's my middle name. You know, you can't say, oh, so Raven. Like, unless you say it like that. If you say, oh, so Raven, you know, he goes, because I'm chill. Uh, John tries to catch, catch the dog by barking at it. Uh, is a last resort because uh, he says, I'm in a hurry and I'm still trying to catch this dog. Uh, Aspen raises his hand with uh, to, to snow uh, Bran. And then out of nowhere, uh, Bran's sister, uh, the coolest person in the history of the world, Arya, dives on the screen like she ski jumps off of something in the screen. And she does this move that no one's ever done before. It, like originally, this was in the first movie. There was this legendary skier, Linda Lindy Johnson. Uh, that's how they won the, the resort was by Linda Lindy Johnson. Arya does a double Linda Lindy snowball switch, uh, where she like dives in, uh, you know, whatever off a of snowboard or something. Uh, towards uh, the uh, Aspen kid, like she's going to throw it with one hand, and he goes, raises his hand, catches her hand, so she like, so she won't throw the snowball, and then she drops the snowball like into her other hand, and and that's it. She as soon as he's touched with snow, the thing's over. Yeah, plenty of witnesses, so everybody says, uh, okay, we lost. You know, that's it. Uh, and all of the Aspen kids, their minds are blown. They say, I can't believe it. How am I going to go? I thought I was going to go to an Ivy League school and, you know, pay some, you know, pay, you know, I could have had the seamless every single night or I could have chosen what delivery service. Now I'll have to get a job. Uh, we cut to Jorah, who's wet and cold and tired. John, who's breathing. Uh, but, you know, this movie was made before there was, like, squad goals, which was, like, 10 years ago anyway. But we see that the main squad is still left. Uh, we see uh, Arya, Bran. Oh, Arya and Bran exchange this look. Like, Bran goes, damn, you're good with Snowball's sister. You just saved the entire family. And also expanded, you know, well, that's great. Uh um, let's see. Then Khaleesi, she says, Jorah's like, I got to go inside and get warm. And he goes, and matter of fact, I'm going to go back. He goes, actually, I'm done with the North. I'm done with Colorado. I'm moving to Florida. And, uh, she, she, she so it was a little bit sad because he says, you know what? Like, I'm not going to go. She go Cause he goes, I'm a guy. I got to get warm. And she goes, well, we'll just come inside. And he goes, no, no, no. I'm moving to Florida right now. But then her dog shows up to lick her hand, you know, and give her a kiss. So they kind of cheer and snuggle her. So that cheers her up a little bit. Uh, then we see the hound, the red woman, who stares down the something, something. I think the hound stares her down. Yeah, then Davos, what does that say for Winterfell? Oh, she skis. That's what it is. The hound and the red woman are walking. And then that red woman puts on skis. And then we see Davos watching. And she goes, I'm skiing out of here. I'm skiing down the mountain. And, uh, you know, she goes, I'm leaving town too. 
and she's not even wearing her snowsuit. Uh, uh, so I don't know. It's just a sh- that was how the movie ended. But I guess like she was the old traditions leaving, uh, along with all the Aspens and stuff. And so that's how the episode uh, came to. But, but, but I mean, that was how the movie closed. Uh, and then they had like some uh, slapstick. Uh, what do you call those bloopers? But it was just a classic film. You know, classic 80s uh, comedy. Now, let's see, just a couple of quick facts, because we're really, uh, this is a really long episode, huh? Uh, the long night. Well, I'll just link to them, because it, we're already, like, uh, pushing time-wise. Uh, so I'll have some links in here. We still got, you know, don't worry, we still got time and impounds and the prayers coming up. Uh, but thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody that was involved in making that show, because, oh, boy, it was a great uh yeah, here you go. Here's Tommen and Pounce. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, welcome to the K-Pounce Family Fun Radio Hour. No, 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 no. It's uh, something more cool than that. Well, we now interrupt your uh, special K-Pounce Family Fun, K-Pounce, the radio station of best friends, cats, and children everywhere, where children, cats, and friendship existed. But we now break your uh, regularly scheduled family fun hour for this special broadcast of the adventures of Tom and Pounce uh, in, in the world of Noir Chardonnay. K-Pounce, the radio of friendship of boys and girls and friends beyond the binary and cats everywhere. Friendship at K-Pounce. It's a little too much, but decent. Hello, everyone. I'm Sir Tom, and welcome to another episode of the adventures of uh, Sir Pounce and I in the world of uh, Noir Chardonnay. I'm, I'm, you may know me as your grace, so your lord, my grace. Uh, it's your grace, actually, though, not my grace. Uh, I am your grace. And here's another adventure with uh, Sapounce. Uh, introduce the show. I mean, well, Sapounce, that was very good. And it was a, it was a very good night. Uh, Sapounce and I were sitting after a grand evening at the Noir Chardonnay's club where music and art and discussion had happened. The air was uh, thick with the smoke and uh, the things that... Uh, you know, the sweat, I'd say, water vapor in the air. We sat there with Noir Chardonnay. They were, uh, you know, still, uh, you know, they were on the the tail side of the up from performing. When Noir Chardonnay looked across the room at me and said something like, uh, Tom, it's time to take on one of your most important cases. You and Sir Pounce, uh, have to deal with uh, your next case. And I said, who's the next case? And then all of a sudden they said, remember the person that was in the club who made a scene, uh, you know, started, uh, we called it heckling the performers. And uh, we stopped the show and we said to that person, if they wanted to refund uh, you know, the, the the mission for everyone there and each performer for the time, they could keep going on their, their thing, but otherwise they would need to leave. And uh, they, they had a few more things to say, and then they were shown the door by, you know, by one Noir Chardonnay. 
Well, Sean Nace said, you know who that is. That's your next case, Tom, and track it down. And I, so, so Pounce and I hit the streets of the big city, the city that sleeps when it's, the city never sleeps, but the people of the city sometimes sleep, sometimes they don't. They sleep on different schedules. But Sir Pounce and I were out on the streets, Sir Pounce walking, head and tail, head held high, looking around, enjoying the bustle and the hustle of the city. The police was somebody like me, if once could be forgotten, uh, in, in a good way, especially when Sir Pounce is close and giving me a sense of security and safety, that I could be just one among many. You know, knowing in my heart I was, should be referred to as your grace. But the city had taught me one thing, the days there, you know, that it was hard-boiled and I was hard-boiled. And Sapounce liked, to, you know, one thing we would do, because they'd said, what does it mean to be a hard-boiled detective, uh, Noir Chardonnay? And uh, Noir, then Scooter came, and, and Scooter said, well, let me hard-boil an egg and show you. And then Scooter went, he's the pod man. He went on a long tirade about eggs and medium boil. Uh, and then, then he, but Sapounce likes to, like to play with the eggs. Uh, not so much eat them as uh, paw them, you know, because they, they move in an interesting fashion. But soon we found ourselves uh, in front of a building, a building uh, gleaming with uh, excess uh, Gold, and even the name on the front, uh, well, there was like, we'd passed a Joffrey's Coffee, uh, but this just said Joff, uh, the Joff building, J-O-F-F on the front, Joff Tower, I believe it was called, uh, other names, other buildings had his name on it as well, in gold, but not real gold, as I would have learned. And we headed in there, Sir Pounce and I. And we'd heard rumors about this Joff uh, making a scene at Noir Chardonnay's shows. But Noir Chardonnay had given me some inside knowledge uh, uh, and said, you know that place inside you, Tom, and that trembles sometimes. Uh, they think you'll find that if you look deep enough into Joff. And, you know, sometimes they just get it. Tell it like it is, see? I don't need to work around the uh, subtextual things, say. Right, so bounce. We'll just get to the point. Uh, we were there to, uh, so, but first, of course, the gatekeepers tried to keep, they said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm here to speak to uh, his grace. Uh, and they, then they said, wait a second, who, who's his grace? I said, the great Joff, uh, the wise Joff. Uh, I have to tell you. But that I was, first they didn't want to let me, first I tried other things, but those didn't work. Old things that the old Tommen would try, but then I said, uh, you know, uh, so I said, oh, I had heard there's this ridiculous club in town, Noir Chardonnay runs it. Uh, everyone there feels uh, free to express themselves as they are, to work and hone the craft and uh, put it out there for the world to enjoy. Uh, lights are low, and uh, people feel like uh, it's the place. Uh, but you know, there's some of us that are fed up with those things. Uh, 
and I'm looking for someone that I heard tells it like it is, uh, and uh, who really should be a leader the world should recognize. Uh, you know, they, they, maybe they already do. They see the name on the building, Joff, uh, and they know that that's a powerful, powerful person. Uh, and I know that. That's why I'm here, it's just to uh, bask in the glory. And it wasn't long before, you know, because here's the thing. It's about, it's about so what was Joff doing? Mason mine. Yes, he was watching us. Uh, he was. He has monitors. Uh, you know, he he was looking for people looking for him to, to bask in his glory. And also, you know, I had learned that uh, sometimes these things are just tests when these, uh, as Noir you know, trembling within us makes it. So, of course, we were escorted up and made to wait for too, mo- too long a time. Then we went into Joff's office, but he, you know, he was eating something succulent and delicious in front of us, but not offering in, to, to us or acknowledging our presence. And, do, and doing important things. But eventually, uh, I sat there passively, as I have the ability to do is just to, to go, you know. Uh, so Pounce was there, and, uh, you know, cool as a cucumber. And I was there, you know, just thinking about fun things I like to do with Sir Pounce. Uh, and, you know, also I said, well, I'm now, you know, Sir Pounce and I here to crack this case, eh? And so eventually he got to us and he said, oh, what are you, what you, so you heard about me uh, and Noir Chardonnay, eh? And I said, I heard you said some some things. Uh, and you tell it like it is. You're real. This beautiful, uh, your name on the building is so impressive. And he said, who's this here? And I said, this is my best friend and my cat, Sapounce. And there was something about the fact that I said best friend and I meant it. And Sir Pouncer looked at me, you know, that didn't sit right with this job. Uh, and so he tried to, he had, a, you know, the, one of those long looks, uh, kind of like when you need to number two, but you hold it, that was the look on his face. But, you know, he's thinking about how he was feeling and processing it. And he was going to say something about, you know, to, to, to try. And I said, okay, I need to do so. This is all instantaneous. This happened. Uh, and I said, excuse me, Joff, uh, you don't mind if I call you your grace, do you? It was a real sign of respect. Uh, and he said, I do not at all. And I said, you must uh, seem to you know, see yourself as a natural leader, uh, you know, and uh, leader of people. And you know you you you, uh, you just got a you know sick of uh, Noir Chardonnay you know uh, you you know I remember the first time I went to Noir. Why don't you sit down, Joff? I'm going to do some talking here. And again, he was looking at Sir Pounce, and I said, Sir Pounce, this is the time we got to reach deep here. We got to correct this case. Uh, he said, Joff, why don't you meet Sir Pounce up close? Uh, and I could tell Sir Pounce, you know, Sir Pounce never forgets anything. Just remember that, uh, you know, but Sir Pounce is wise and brave uh, and a best friend. And I said, Sir Pounce, I'll sit by you, Joff. You don't mind if Sir Pounce hops in your lap or you invite it, you know. But uh, Sir Pounce jumped in the chair next to Joff uh, and just started purring. And then Joff started petting Sir Pounce. And Sir Pounce was really working it, really... Uh, Soothing jo- job. I said, it's nice. Uh, 
It's called purring. Cats do it. I don't do that. It's cool. And it's a bounce. It's cool. It's bounce likes you. Sees that in you. Uh, and uh, Joff kind of got a vague, absent-minded look. Uh, as uh, Joff was petting Sapounce. And I said, listen here, uh, you know, maybe uh, there's something about Noir Chardonnay and the openness of that club and that community and the expression that goes on there that really uh, sets you off, eh? And Jeff said, yeah, 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 see? And I said, yeah, something doesn't, but, but maybe, uh, I rem-, and then I said, I, I forgot, I was, you know, I'm such a, a forgetful fussy dussy. Right, Sir Pounce? And Sir Pounce said, bow, bow. Bow, bow. And he said, oh, your cat talks. And I said, it does. Uh, it said, uh, Jav's hair's cool. The way it hangs over the front of your head in that way. It's a mystery, too. But I, 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 uh, I, I could see there's something trembling inside you. Like, I don't know if you could, uh, you could feel it or you don't know it's there. Uh, but it, maybe it's a trembling right now in sync with Sir Pounce's purring. And uh, Josh started, his jaw went a little slacker. His shoulders went a little looser. I said, yeah. And I said, uh, maybe when you go into Noir Chardonnay's place, maybe it was like when I went first went there. I was on, I was on guard. I felt out of place, so like an outsider. And I felt intimidated by all this expression, all this encouragement and freedom and, and I, I don't know how else to say it, but love. Uh, uh, maybe it's curiosity, I don't know. But I found it a bit uh, T-H-R-E-A-T-I-N-G-ing. But, uh, you know, first I, I was scoffed at it. And it wasn't until Noir Chardonnay reached down and petted Sir Pounce by the ears and said something that echoes through the decades and epochs of my life. Uh, Who's this uh, fine young cat? And I said, well, that's why that's Sir Pounce, uh, the bravest cat who's ever been and my best friend. Then I realized uh, that I knew nothing. And I shot and I said, who are you, young man? And uh, I said, I'm uh, Tommen, Sir Tommen. I think I'm here to become a private uh, detective. And uh, Noir Chardonnay laughed and said, uh, private ticket. And Sir Pounce laughed at that. And, we all, and then Joff laughed for a second. Uh, and uh, I said, I don't know if that's what happened to you. Uh, maybe you don't see things with your eyes. You see them with that trembling within you. You see, Joff, there's one thing I can tell is that you're a boy, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, maybe there's a part of you that doesn't think that's okay. Uh, but I, I would say to you, you know, I learned something, and recently we took over the uh, operations of the Super Happy Fun Shop. Uh, and what I'd like to do is uh, just arrange for you to be a kid for a little while and go there and play. You could work there. We have a special program where you don't even have to do much work. Uh, mostly you just play games. And 
John said, does Sir Pounce come with me? And I said, well, uh, you know what happened? Sir Pounce is my best friend, and you, you two are friends. Uh, but this uh, super happy fun shop happens to be at the back of 45 alleys here in the deep city. And down those alleys are a lot of cats. And it may just be a cat. You know, be careful because, you know, you, 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 the cat may choose you if you're kind. And maybe the cat could feel you purring. You, you know, there's this idea of uh, self-care and uh, purring. Maybe you could purr next to that vibration inside you, Joff. And you, we don't have to talk about it all. I do the talking here. And so uh, that's what I say to you. It's, uh, go down there, play some games. Be nice. Be nice to Joff. Uh, and maybe a cat will come into your life. But maybe you'll have some fun. And then maybe that'll loosen up whatever that is. Uh, and when that vibration's vibrating a little bit less, trembling to vibrating, the two different things a bit. Uh, come and see us. We'll be at the back of Noir Chardonnay's club. Uh, come say hi. I'll get you tickets. You could even meet Noir Chardonnay if you like. Maybe apologize, maybe not. Uh, but that's it. Uh, go on, you know, have a good day. And Joff said to me, you mind taking my name off the front of the building on your way out? And I said, your grace, it'll be my honor. Else, <laughs> couldn't, I couldn't tell you if I dreamed it would be, be you for sure. And, uh, you know, give Pat, Sir Pounce one last patch and then head down to the Super Happy Fun Arcade. And we'll see you soon. It was nice to see you, Joff. Uh, I feel like I know you two from somewhere. I said, see, another case solved. Uh, Sir Pounce and Tom, and good night. Crone, sorry, Crone, it's time for my prayers to the old gods and the new. Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog, Deckard God. It's me, your humble uh, servant, coming in, you know, uh, penitent. I'm prostrated, Crone. Holy cow. You know, so I have a prostrate. Anyway, uh, coming in, talking to you, praying in. And, uh, you know, I've been working. Well, I haven't been exactly working on our plan since the last time we talked, uh, but I've been thinking about it occasionally of how we're going to stay in touch since we won't have the show to keep me, you know, keep me getting a hold of you. So I thought I'd give you, so then I had the summer camp idea. So Crone, Sweet Sweet Crone, Miller Smith, Barky Jester, Hound Dog God, uh, this is what I think is that we should form a summer camp. Uh, and I, I don't know what, what I said last week, because then I said to myself this week, how, how would, it, even if they're all knowing, I'm not aware of any summer camps in Westeros or the Game of Thrones universe. And the most summary stuff happened uh, down where the jester was, uh, and it didn't get you know it didn't get enough FaceTime anyway. So maybe you should, so God, if uh, summer camp is, uh, let me talk about location. Maybe that's where we should start. Of course, of course. So we want some place with a lake. That's one. Uh, gotcha. Now, Crone, I don't know if you swim. Barky, I know you, Barky, you'll be, you'll be in Miller. 
you know, I don't know, maybe we could have gardening, Miller. Yeah, some sort of eatable, that's probably a new thing. They didn't have that when I was there at summer camp, only one time for one week. Uh, but we will have gardens, yes, Miller. So location with a lake, uh, with shade and sun, you're right, Crone. We don't want too much of either. Stream, okay, I hear you. I hear you. A forge, I think that might be a good idea. Uh, like for adults only, uh, Smith, because yeah, you could forge, uh, or shoes, uh, you, you know, friendship bracelets are usually braided or created, um, out of a uh, plastic like rope, at least when I was there. So, but maybe we could have that. Uh, maybe you could have a forge. I don't know if what, uh, um, maybe you could just run the forge. Uh, is that what they're called? Yeah, but you, uh, a blacksmith shop. You're right, Smith. Uh, Jester, oh boy, are we going to need you for the nighttime activities? So yeah, uh, uh, entertainment hall uh, and uh, hound dog god. Uh, don't worry, be plenty of frowns to go around and hang dog looks. Uh, but here's the thing, Scads. So we need a lake. Uh, we don't need the whole lake. We just need access to the lake. A dock is normally a pretty big part of it uh, for standing, for blowing. You know, that's where the movie scenes are usually shot and, you know, canoeing, swimming lessons, uh, other swim, swim related, fun swims uh, and other stuff you do in the water. I don't know if we're fishing or not. I mean, if... Uh, we're doing smithing. Maybe we could do fishing. I'm not sure on that ruling. Uh, but we want a place with a lake. Uh, beach would be nice. You're right. Uh, I, I do hear you. So beach would be nice. Uh, it is always cool if it's in the mountains, but it, you don't want it to be too remote because you, you like you're driving there. You want to like so usually parents send their. Well, this is only mo- okay. Gods, as you probably know, most of my. Uh, basis for living is assumptions and things I learned from television. And that's why I'm in need of, you know, belief system like yours is, uh, but so like usually in the movies, in the TV shows, the parents would send their kids away to summer camp for the summer and visit them. Or it would never seem like it lasted a week. It always seemed like it lasted a few weeks, which somehow made it cooler and more bonding for the youth and the staff. Uh, and you wanted it to be further, far enough away that it wasn't a hassle to drive to, but far enough away that you couldn't just you say, hey, come get me. They'd say, well, so I guess that's over an hour and a half. Because usually less than an hour and a half, I think that's the number, because in this three hours round trip, uh, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, so that's the level of remoteness we're looking for, is whatever our base market is, which ours is everywhere. So, oh, do we want to theme it? Good good point. Uh, could it be near Renaissance Festival? That is a good question. Uh, oh, boy, Crone, you really are brainstorming me. That is good stuff. So you're right. There is a, so we near a, a, so that would be Lake Ontario, but I don't know. Then it's like around 15 minutes. Uh, 
but it doesn't matter. Let's just use our imagination for right now, because the the odds are it would be an imaginary summer camp anyway. So we want a lake, we want trees, we want a dock. We got those covered. A stream would be very nice, or a creek at the very least. Uh, and I think actually the summer camp I was at, maybe it was my imagination, but there was a creek running down the middle of it into the water. And that separated the, uh, the like on one side of the creek up on a hill was uh, the, the uh, boys camp. And then on the other side of the creek was a girls camp. But again, this could have just been in a movie I saw. So we ha- then we have cabins. Uh, and g- g- usually, like, uh, I don't know if the cabins are normally all ages or they're separated by age. I think they're separated by age. But don't quote me on that, because they think it would be better if it wasn't. Well, maybe it would be better if it was. And then usually in the cabins, there's bunk beds. Uh, and you want someplace that, you know, it, uh, ideally it's temperate enough uh, that you don't need air conditioning or heat. It just, you know, for cost of things. Uh, I would think this would be a device-free zone, or maybe we'd have a device Sunday device day. Because uh, otherwise, you wouldn't want kids on their their screens, and there will also be a power issue and a Wi-Fi issue. So, Crone, why don't you file that under? You know, you predict the future and see how it turns out, and we'll make a decision on that. So, trees, stream, cabins. Uh, then we have a community hall. Usually, this does everything. It, uh, it you you eat in there. You have your. Uh, uh, events in there like when the jester's going to do a magic show or whatever uh the dance uh that my friend had a day to that i did not uh yeah but that's not a big deal you you had that that's where that would take place as well so there's like the the hall i think they would probably call it then there's a canteen that's another important thing or uh, it might have another term and that's a little store where you could you you get a little budget, you know, maybe five bucks to last yourself a week, and it's open for a few hours a day. You can buy. I used to buy in a, they called them eclairs, but it was really like a popsicle, it, it like but it wasn't. It was like a chocolate or vanilla popsicle with crunchy stuff dipped in crunchy stuff, and that's what I got every night. Uh, I think it was whatever fifty cents or a buck or it was probably fifty cents or twenty five cents. Uh, and so I would have one of those with my canteen funds. I could spread it out over the five or six days that was there. Uh, so you have that. Then you have uh, activity courts. So you're going to have maybe tennis or pickleball, uh, basketball. Archery's big. You're right. Thank you, Jester. Uh, uh, tree climbing, leadership course, or ropes course, or right bark. That's a new thing that didn't exist. Uh, leadership and teamwork didn't exist when I was a youth. So that would be a nice thing to have. Thank you. Tree fort, you're right, Barky. That's another great idea. I like that idea too. A tree canteen? Well, it's possible. I mean, we're not Ewoks, but we could think about it. Anyway, uh, usually uh, four square is a four square court's big. I've never in my life ever seen anyone play tetherball, except maybe in one or two movies about summer camps, but they did have that. 
So that's the location we're looking for. I'm not sure what else we'd need. You need an entrance gate, uh, a place for the like uh, the administrators to sleep. And I really think that's all we need. A kitchen, of course. Of course. Of course we need a kitchen. Don't worry, we'll have a forge. Uh, there may be other things I'm missing, but that's uh, that. I just want to prayer in and update you. And then maybe next week we could think about what roles you're going to take. Uh, but I hope you're excited. I'll be visit. I'll spend the summers with you. You know, once we get this camp going. But if you in any of you in your uh, adventures on Earth, you know, you you want to. I don't know. It's not is an eminent domain. If 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 you're an all powerful being and you take control of something. But it'd be great. Or you just like, you know, zap the person and say, sell that to Scoots for, uh, you know, four cents an acre. Uh, so that's it. Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, Miller Smith, Barky Jester, Hound Dog God. It's me working on our summer camp uh, and looking forward to it. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Good night.